Hello, my name is Joel Simpson, and welcome to the Connect Podcast with Indianola First Assembly. And I'm John Tonsi, and our goal is to build community and relationships through sharing life experiences and God stories to inspire and connect with each other on a deeper level. This is one of our early episodes, and early in our journey, we didn't have the equipment that we have now, and we had a lot of learning we had to go through. We understand the audio quality isn't as good, so we just want to say thank you for your patience through these first few episodes. Today, Joel is on the chopping block. We're going to ask him some questions about his life and just find out about Joel. So, Joel, where do you live? I live uh, just north of Indianola, and it's actually across the street from where I grew up. I can see my parents' house from our house, and we live on a nice acreage out here, and and uh, love it. Fantastic. We've been here for three years, and it's been everything we hoped and dreamed of. So, Joel, uh, just because I know you, I want to know, how much land does your family own in this area? Because I know you're, you live here, your mom lives here, your brother lives here, and your sister like just stay like within 30 seconds of your yes yeah so so we have 15 acres um my parents have three acres my grandpa just moved he had three acres in this area but he actually just moved away my brother has 10 acres and my sister has 20 acres we're all within about a mile of each other and then honestly just a few miles away you know less than five miles from here my in-laws own 40 acres so okay so you guys are holding up some real prime real estate you bet yeah that's awesome that's awesome that you guys are able to stay home or stay close to home and stay around each other so much there's pros and cons i (laughs) i get that i can see that uh so joel tell me about your family life so i am uh married to uh the most wonderful person in the world amanda and we've been together almost 18 years and we have four kids our oldest Michaela is 16 and then our next oldest Jonathan is 14 and our next oldest is uh, Abigail she is 12 and the youngest is Gideon at 10. Okay okay so uh, about your kids what do they like to do what are they what are they into? (laughs) Uh, Lots of different things so my oldest is is in love with horses and uh, she owns a horse uh reluctantly because i'm not uh, not a huge horse person and, and neither you. is my wife so I, I feel you on that one <laughs> and luckily because we have so much family in the area and they all like horses we uh she gets to keep her horse at my brother's house so we don't have it here which is kind of nice and she takes care of it she works up at hidden acres as uh in the horse barn there and helps kids every summer and she's big into art. She's been selling art at the fair, the county fair, the Warren County Fair and the state fair. So big into art and horses. And, and now she's driving and into friends and all the fun things that come along with that. So Jonathan, he really, I mean, he's into video games like every other uh, 14 year old boy. But he also does a lot of stop motion videos like shooting guns, uh, riding dirt bikes, four wheelers gets into all that and abigail is our animal lover all kinds of animals she does the horses as well but also dogs and cats and we got more dogs and cats here than i care to confess but (laughs) and then our youngest is obsessed with cars trucks four-wheelers tractors anything with wheels he loves it and uh yeah so so we 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 have a lot of fun together we do lots of different things we 
have four wheelers and dirt bikes and side by sides and so we we have a great time out here and uh, i can say when when i bought my truck uh gideon's eyes lit up he was so excited to to sit in that truck and go for a ride he oh yes he loves any new vehicle so he was just excited to get in your truck as he was your daughter's uh little bug because he just loves any kind of new car and okay. i remember one of the funniest things we had some co-workers over and she had a tesla and he just thought that was he just always wanted and then after riding it, he's like oh it wasn't that impressive oh, so, no. <laughs> but every car i mean he's been that way two years old he memorized every every manufacturer logo and so as cars were going by, he's like, that's like mommy's car. That's like grandpa's car. And it's like, that's not the same car. No, it was the same manufacturer. It was the same emblem. So, yeah, he had those memorized two years old and just loves cars. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, Joel, what do you do for work? So I work in technology. Currently, my job title is technology operations director. I actually started in software engineering and then worked into management and, and now it's really just leading teams and helping them work in different ways and, and a lot of coaching, uh, a lot of leadership, a lot of still a lot of technology. There's definitely a lot of changes there. So I'll save you from all the details so I can talk about technology for too long. So Okay, well, we'll try to move on from that then. <laughs> um, how long have you attended Indiana First? So we have been going there... Maybe a little over a year, maybe closer to two years consistently. It's a little bit of a story. So we just moved, when we moved in this house three years ago, before that we lived in Urbandale and we were very close with our church there, very tied in. We uh, we lived there for five years. We were uh, with that church from day one, essentially, when we moved out there. So five years at that church and helped go through new church builds, uh, you know, we were camp counselors for the kids when they went to camp and all of that, which also happens to be the same camp that Indian All First goes to. So uh, they're at Sunstream, which is really cool. And um, so when COVID happened, we moved just before COVID and then we were at home and we weren't in the neighborhood any longer. And my daughter was looking for a bigger youth group. Ultimately, we, it was this fairly small church and there were only a handful of kids that were her age in the youth group. And that was something we were looking for even before we moved. And so when we did, then my parents had actually started going to Indian Hall first. And my mom would take Michaela to a youth group every Wednesday night. And at that time, we weren't interested in changing. I mean, at that time, we were still planning on going to our, our other church. So um, it was, but they weren't having services. So we weren't going up there. Then probably six months later, the rest of the kids started going on Wednesday night. So now all the four of the kids are going and we eventually were like, well, we should probably go check this church out. <laughs> See what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. And we probably came about once a month for at least six months or better, you know, and we're just kind of. I, I remember those times it was like hit or miss whether you would show up or not. Yeah. That's kind of how we felt about it. <laughs> yeah. So. We didn't know if it was because you didn't like waking up in the morning or. <laughs> so it's a common theme. Actually, we did it with uh, other churches as well. It's like we're especially me, I'll say, is I'm, I'm kind of an all or nothing kind of person. So I'm usually a little bit um, standoffish at first of like, 
you know, just kind of testing the water, seeing, is this where we really want to call home? And, you know, we really struggle with, and, and I'm sure many others do, of like, how do you transition from being a new person to being actually part of a church? Yeah. And coming from a little bit smaller church where, you know, we were, you know, maybe just under 100 people on Sunday. So it was a lot easier to get to know people and get connected and, you know, really had a family community feel. And so coming to a larger church, uh, some of it was a little bit, I'll say, awkward for me as I graduated from Indianola High School. So it was kind of like coming to back to home. And I'll just say I didn't have fond memories of Indianola. So it wasn't necessarily something I was excited about. And so I was a little hesitant even because of that, uh, especially when we first moved here. Didn't really have intentions on getting real involved in Indianola. Um, and I'll just say, you know, perspectives change as being an adult there versus a high schooler in Indianola. So we were a little hesitant. Yeah, we'd show up once a month. And then the more we came, more we got connected, we were kind of looking for ways of like, how do we get to know more people? And so, yeah, we had met, uh, we had met uh, you and your family through Michaela had met Chloe. And so they had become good friends. And so then we'd connected with you, honestly, really before we even started going to church. So, yeah. Uh, so that was, that was good to have someone there. And then obviously my parents uh, were there. And so, you know, had to get over that bridge of, uh, people saying, oh yeah, you're, you know, Randy and Debbie's kids, you know, and it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, we are, you know, and not that that's a bad thing. It's just kind of, it's nice to have your own identity and not be just known as somebody's kids. So, you know, really searching for ways to get connected. And I remember it's funny, one Sunday we're sitting in the, uh, actually Amanda was taking Michaela to camp and, uh, it was on a Sunday. So she had to be back up there Sunday afternoon and this was at Hidden Acres. And so Amanda was driving her up there. It was just Jonathan and I in church. A couple of weeks before that, they were talking about church softball league. And Amanda was trying to talk me into to signing up for it. And it sounds really fun. Something that I was interested in, but I wasn't quite sure that was something I wanted to do. But she encouraged me. And I remember in service, I leaned over and they were like, hey, right after church, we're having a, a meeting about softball. And I leaned over to Jonathan. I was like, should I do it? And immediately after that, Amanda texted me and says, do it. And I didn't even know it. But she, <laughs> oh, no. she's, she was watching the service online while she's driving. And so okay. like, texted me. I'm like, well, I guess I'm doing it. Yeah, I so, was like, that's some divine intervention right <laughs> <but> there. Yeah. <laughs> so I was so I so I signed up. And even then, you know, it uh, it took a couple of weeks uh, for us to to get connected. But Really, I think that was the start of us building more relationships and getting connected and why, you know, connection activities like that, you know, it's considered a connect group and then, you know, first and, and I think that's really important for, for people to get involved and uh, it turned out to be a, a ton of fun and I'm super excited about uh, the season. This was just a year ago. Yeah. So, I mean, really, we, this was last summer when we started this. So, yeah, we really haven't been coming in at all consistently for, for much more than a year and then last fall, we got involved with a life group, and that was uh, kind of really took those relationships to another level. And so that was kind of that's kind of our story on how we ended up at Indianola first. OK, I know you also uh, uh, greet you. You do a door greeting. So we do. Yes, we host. We're part of the host crew there. And um, with Corbin and Chelsea uh, are the directors for that ministry. And so it's good. Uh, they were on the softball team. So there's okay. some, some connections in I also helped out with the night at the movies. And so that was another opportunity for us to get connected with some people. So 
So you truly are an all or nothing. Like you jumped. You were yeah, all yeah, in. we jumped in. Well, yeah, and now we're we're helping out with this connection ministry as well. And so, yeah, it's uh, yep, it's it's just a little <laughs> bit of everything. Actually, another another thing we got plugged in on Wednesday night. So after we went through the connection class, then we started going to some different classes on Wednesday nights. And I remember in the connection class, Pastor Barry talking about these ISOM courses. And it was really intriguing to me, and I've always looked at at um, doing some kind of um, certification or, or something in the past. And so uh, we met with uh, with Pastor Barry, Amanda and I did, and remember we ended up talking to him for multiple hours because I can talk and, and he can talk. So uh, together we could talk a lot. And uh, But that came up, and, and he really encouraged me to do that, and so I signed up. So I'm, I'm a couple classes into that as well now, so on my way for that. So it yeah, all in, all in for sure. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So Joel, let me ask you, how did you meet your wife? Um, so this would have been back in 2002. I was working at Dolls Grocery Store, Dolls Foods in Des Moines, and it's no longer around. I worked at the Southeast. For us younger listeners, that's like Hy-Vee, but yeah, <laughs> but it failed. Right, yes, okay. right, yes. Uh, I can tell you how that all happened too, but... <laughs> Um, it wasn't me. No. Um, so Dolls Foods, yeah, it was basically grocery, uh, you know, just a grocery store, um, like Hy-Vee and in Des Moines only, uh, much, much smaller operation, neighborhood focused. I worked at the location on Southeast 14th and Army Post on the South side of Des Moines. And I went to high school in Indianola, but went there for, for work. And, uh, they closed the location that I was at in 2002. And so I got transferred to the location on 35th and Ingersoll. So I go up there and, and it's funny to hear my wife's side of this story, but a friend of mine, both of us went to Indianola, we show up there, we're the only two people that got transferred to that store. We'd show up after school and then we'd go work in the, you know, back room in the dairy or whatever. And then we'd leave and our, you know, everybody there's like, who's these other kids that showed up? They don't go to school with us. Where'd they come from? And, you know, we just show up, we go to the back room and then we leave. And, uh, so that was, that was kind of funny. And then actually, uh, and more interesting. So I'll tell you, so we're 17 at the time. This is, you know, so we're just high schoolers and a friend of mine, he was like, Hey, there's this one girl. If I, you know, if there's anything you can do, help me set me up with this one girl. And, <laughs> and secretly he didn't know, like I had a crush on this girl as well, but I was like, okay, I'll help you out. At the time I was just had broken what up with friend. another girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> what a friend. <laughs> And I was not really interested. And so uh, I I tried, but ultimately, long story short, um, one night after work, her and her friend, this was Amanda, had only been there like two months before we got transferred there. She uh, And she went to Roosevelt. So um, after work one night, her and her friends, and the cool thing to do was go hang out at Loco Joe's, you know, and so... <laughs> yeah, I remember those so, days. <laughs> the Nickel Arcade, right? Yeah. You know? So they asked me, hey, would you want to go out to Loco Joe's, you know? And I was just like, well, let me let me let my parents know. I'm sure, I, you know, and I'll go. And, you know, and I remember they now knowing they were giving me a hard time because I had checked with my parents before I went. But <laughs> um, so I went and hung out with them and uh, I was actually not real interested in in dating anyone else. Like I said, I just broken up with somebody and so kind of went back and forth. And I don't know that she was necessarily... Uh, right off the bat necessarily super interested in me but uh over time just hanging out together and um ended up uh 
she, her and her friend came out to our house. I always used horses. Like I wasn't into horses, but always had them. And I knew girls liked horses. So I was like, Hey, you guys come out and ride horses. And I get on a horse for a girl. So, um, <laughs> so she gives me a hard time about that all the time. And uh, because you don't like them now. I don't like them at all. No, uh, I didn't really like him then either. It was just like, I could ride them. I knew about them, but, uh, uh, but it was a good excuse to get girls to come out to the house. So, you know, they came out and, um, and then shortly thereafter, um, we went out on our first date and I guess from that point, our, our dating kind of interesting. We were, we were dated for about a year and then we actually broke up for six months. Uh, while I was in college, I went to college in Ottumwa and we broke up while I was there. And part of it was for me, it was like, I kind of knew, like, I didn't date just to date. It was like, I wanted to date to get married. And I was like, I, you know, I don't know if You're I'm quite ready for that thing. I'm an all or nothing. Right. Yeah. But I mean, we're 19 and I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Like, <laughs> so we, we had broke up for six months and then it was one time. Well, a couple different things happened. She actually stayed really close with my parents and so, and my sister. And so like, she that, wanted to ride those horses. No, I don't think that was it. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> she doesn't like horses either. <laughs> um, but uh, she got, you know, uh, was really close with my parents. And so then turned me into the bad guy in the whole situation is what it did. And so now it's like my parents are after me for not for breaking up with her and all of this. And um, that was an it was an interesting, interesting time. And once again, like I said, we were 19. And I remember I wouldn't see her very often. But whenever I did, it was just tough. And so finally, it was just one time I asked her, I was like, hey, you want to just hang out together? And uh we actually, I think we went like shopping or something. Like we didn't do anything extravagant. And I just remember afterwards, I was just like, I think th she's the one, you know, this is it. Let's, it's time to, time to commit. And so we got back together and, um, within two months we got engaged. And then, uh, four months later we were married. So, uh, we went from broken up to married, and uh, and then three months later we were pregnant with Michaela. So, so it was fast tracked. Fast track, all in, all or nothing. That's, I, it's... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so you were nineteen when you got married. So we just turned twenty. You just turned. Yeah. 20. So we got back together when we were nineteen, and then uh, yeah, we both you know, we turned twenty, and then yeah, got married at twenty. Okay, that's that's amazing that you're so young. And it was it was interesting. I will tell you, uh, her dad was not thrilled about it. Um, that's a whole nother story that I, I won't go to the whole thing. But ultimately, um, her dad and her stepmom had had both been divorced. They had gotten married young and gotten divorced. And so they were not thrilled. Of course, me breaking up with her for six months in between and then turn around wanting to get married didn't give me a good track record with them. And so you were breaking their little girl's heart. Yeah, they weren't. So they didn't trust me and okay. they weren't, they weren't on board, uh, with us getting married and that was tough. And, um, you know, and, and we went through some, some, some tough times there, um, with that. And then long, long story short, we were able to mend that relationship and we get, get along great with her, her dad and her stepmom now, and they've been fantastic. And so it's been, it's been good. And so. Awesome. So Joel, let's talk about your favorite verse. What? This is good. Uh, I, uh, growing up as a kid, I grew up in a Christian home. We were very close. I have three siblings and, um, 
I remember having this little plaque next to my bed, and you know, and it said, Joel, declare of God that had Matthew 5.16 on it. Let your light shine before all men that they may see your good works and glorify your heavenly father. And ever since then, that's been my verse. And it just continues to ring home of just being a witness. It's not just about witnessing, but really being a witness and being, um, letting God and, and, you know, shine through you is just really important and walk in the walk. Um, and I really feel like we need, you know, it's, it's that authenticity that draws people in of just being who you are and having who you are be, ha, is Jesus inside, you know? I mean, that, that is so important. Uh, and so that, that verse still rings true. It's, it's, that's the reason I have 516 as my number on my dirt bike. So it's still, still true today. Okay. So let's, let's talk about your testimony, Joel. Like what, what brought you to Christ? As I said, my, my parents, um, I mean, my family, we Christian home, from day one and my parents lived it. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, about going to church. It was about a relationship from day one. And uh, as a kid, <clears throat> actually when my, when my parents were younger, this was before I can remember, they were, they were part of like a home church group. And I think that just changed how they viewed everything. It was a close knit, true, like family community and I'm not saying that that's the best way, but I'm just saying that changed their perspective and their walk to a whole nother level. And, and that influenced how they raised us. And so when we were growing up, uh, if we were between churches, we had home church. That was it. I mean, in, you know, we, my dad played the piano and we'd sing songs and then he would do a Bible study with us. And as we got older, there were times where we'd have home churches because then we could talk about whatever we wanted to. And he'd just be like, What's on your mind? And then he could connect that with what does scripture say about that? And what does that mean? And just took it to another level. And it was just real and accessible. And so, um, you know, when, uh, you know, I, I, I'll just say, you know, I said the prayer when, when I was five years old, but not that I discount that. It's just one of those, it, it didn't become my own until I was a teenager. It was kind of how I related is, is, it was rules. I knew about God. I knew a lot about him. I mean, I read my Bible. I had lots of memory, you know, all the things, but there's, it, it's, it's when it becomes yours and who you are. And, and I don't know if there was any, any specific time. I think it was kind of over time, but really through high school and college when, when God really started revealing himself to me in a whole different way. And it started becoming who I am instead of what I do. And that, um, that really changed. And it was interesting in middle school, I can remember going to a conference and, you know, being in this, being in this service and the spirit of God just fell on that service. And that's when I was filled with the Holy Spirit and just ever in my life changed from there. And then as I got into high school, you know, I was one, I would carry my Bible around with me in school. Like I was, you know, it was, it was who I was you know, we went to, I was very involved with our youth group and actually it was our youth pastor that married my wife and I. And so we were, we were close with him. And, um, and then in college, it went to another level. I actually had a Bible study. I ran a Bible study in my dorm room and started inviting other kids from the dorm and all that. And, and now it's not just, you know, knowing about scripture, it's teaching. And now it's like, you know, I mean, it requires you to really dive in and learn more and I remember an interesting story. It was actually kind of around this time. And 
I felt pretty confident about what I knew in scripture. And I was actually at a bookstore, a Barnes and Noble out in West Des Moines. And I ran into this guy and I was chatting with him. And he started questioning me about all kinds of different things. And he was from a different denomination. I won't say what, but, um, and he started like really challenging some of my core beliefs. And he was able to quote scriptures on why certain things were true. And I just realized I couldn't quote scripture like that for what I believed. And it made me dive deeper into the scriptures to really find out if these things are true. And from that point on, it was like, I question everything. Not like in a bad way, but like, I want to know what God's word says. I want to know truth. I don't want to just know what the preacher says on Sunday or what I remember from, you know, Sunday school or anything. I wanted to know the truth and I wanted to know God in a different way and be able to speak with speak with that level of confidence and conviction about the truth of what God says and what truth he's revealed to me. And so that took me to a whole nother level of just diving in and, and um, ever since then, you know, just thirsty for the word. And what I would say is like that, that period lasted, you know, well after we were married and, and all that. And then it wasn't until you now kind of recently, um, I've gotten that same thirst back. It was kind of one of those where like, I kind of got to the point where I'm like, I knew most of the things I, I thought I knew. <laughs> and I will tell you, these ISOM courses have really challenged me to say, I don't even know what I thought I knew, <laughs> you know, especially like Old Testament stuff. Like I just went through the Old Testament class and that was, it just gave me a whole new perspective. So um, really, really neat. And I've had some some really key people through my life that have, that have invested in me. And it's, yeah, it's been amazing. Awesome. That is a, yeah, that is good. Um, what are some, some God stories? Just something that like, God is really like, man, he's hit you. Oh, um, gosh, why there's so many of them. I'll, I'll be honest. So, so I'll do a couple of, a couple of simple ones. Um, this one's probably a little bit more relatable. We're in the middle of winter here. And so, uh, my wife and I, uh, this one isn't as as deep necessarily, but still just as powerful. We uh, we had decided we were going to come out to her dad's house. He lives, like I said, out here rurally, and and uh, but I didn't check the weather before, and there was an ice storm, and so we're out here driving, and and he lives back in on this dead end road, and there's this massive hill, and you actually come in on this gravel road, you go over a bridge over, um, it's the the North River, you go over the North River, and then there's this massive hill up this gravel road. And uh, we're in this uh, caravan and with bald tires because we were dead broke. And we, you know, anyway, we um, we, and we had two kids at the time. So two two kids, uh, I think a two year old and like a six month old. It was just Michaela and Jonathan in the van with us. Four of us. We get three quarters up this this big hill and and we break traction. And we're sitting on the side, and I'm luckily I'm able to get it kind of stopped. But if I touch the gas, we just spin. There's no going up this hill. And so it's like, okay, so I'm looking down and and at the bottom of the hill is a river. And I can't get up the hill. And I'm like, I I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea what I'm going to do. And and I would say, like, as a father, I was like one of the most helpless things. I'm just like, what did I do? Did I just put my whole family in danger? And, um, And so we started then started sliding backwards and I'm like, well, we got to go backwards. There's no, I, we can't go up. And so I'm trying to, <clears throat> trying to go back. And all of a sudden I'm like, we lose control. And I just remember at that moment, it was just one of those where it was literally like Jesus take the wheel. Like, I mean, and I remember being nervous, but I wasn't like freaking out. And it was one of the coolest moments. Cause it really just, 
it's kind of one of those times where you find out if your faith is real (laughs) and, you know, do you really trust God or not? You know? And so, and it was one of those for me, it was like, I had, I was fairly calm, you know, but at the same time I was like, I don't know how this is going to go, but I trust that God's got it figured out. And lo and behold, what he did was he slid us and he did all of this because I don't, there's no possible way. I don't even remember holding on to the steering wheel at this point. Um, we're sliding backwards down a hill on ice and he backs us into a driveway that I didn't even know existed on the side of this hill, spins the front end around and we high center on the edge of, uh, edge of uh, the driveway in the ditch. And we stop right there. And, and, and I just remember going like, we didn't hit anything, nothing. Like it just stopped us right in the middle. And I remember, and now we're pointed down at the river and now we're looking at it and it's just going, Oh my goodness, what just happened? (laughs) And then as if that wasn't enough, one of the neighbors was standing there watching the whole thing. And so he gets on the phone with his buddy and his buddy comes over with a four-wheel drive truck with chains on all four tires to drive through the ice. And he at first tries to pull the van out of the ditch and uh, he wasn't able to, uh, we were we were stuck that good. And so, uh, but he was able to give us a ride. So we all hump, you know, hopped in, you know, hopped in his truck and uh, he was able to drive us over to our dad's house and we stayed the night with her dad and, and the next day my grandpa was able to come over with a tow truck and, and winch it out of there. And there was no damage. And I'll tell you this time I was, I think I was working at a bank making like 12 bucks an hour. Like we were dead broke at that time. And, uh, we didn't have any insurance on the van either. Like it was one of those, we couldn't afford it. Like I couldn't afford to pay all my bills and I certainly couldn't afford insurance. And so it was one also, if anything would happen to the van, we were done. Like we didn't, we didn't have another car. Like, I think I had an old busted up Honda Accord. Like, that was my only other option. And uh, so, it, you know, the fact that he was able to do that, no no damage to the van at all. And, I, I mean, I'm still just blown away to this day of just, you know, how God works in this in the little things. If you just truly trust and let go. Um, I You know, another one kind of more on the financial side, I will tell you, he's been, he's blessed us so much in so many different ways. But we didn't make a lot of money. Um, early on, we had decided Amanda was going to stay home with the kids and, and we made that sacrifice. So we were single income on, you know, 12, 15 bucks an hour, whatever I was making at the time, which was, was, was pennies. And, and, um, it was just one of those, God continued to provide. And, and, and I'm so thankful that we had that because it, it, it taught us that it was all his and we had to rely on him to see us through. And it wasn't that I wasn't willing to work. I remember working like a paper route and I remember working, you know, as a helper with an electrician on the side, outside of my full-time job, I'd work all kinds of hours just to make ends meet, figure out how to provide for my family. But I remember, um, what I went back to school, um, at night, we had three kids and one on the way. And I was like, I need to do something different. Friend of mine talked me into going back to school at night for programming for software engineering. And so I decided to jump in and went into that. And the cool part was, um, I I didn't really talk about this a whole lot. I had a whole bunch of student loan debt too, from the first time I went to school for pilot training. So that's all another story, but cost a lot of money. And at the time I just financed all of it and it was great right up until I had to pay it back and didn't do that as a career because I got married before I finished school. Um, So (laughs) had all this debt. When I went back to school, we didn't have to pay the student pay on the student loans. And so it was like the first time we could pay all of our pay all of our bills in a single month and then still have 200 bucks left over. 
and we're living in this house. It's a two bedroom, 680 square foot house with three kids and a fourth one on the way. And some, we're, some very tight quarters there. Very, very tight quarters, very tight quarters. Um, and when the fourth one came, we had all four kids stacked up in one bedroom. That was, I mean, it was, we didn't have another option. We eventually moved the oldest, but she was only six at the time down to the basement. But, you know, putting a six year old in the basement stuff, you know, so um, she was at least six and a half closer to seven, but it was still, it, it was tough. And um, so we were, we were like, we need another house. And we had no idea. There was no way in sight that like we were ever going to be able to afford another house. We couldn't pay for our bills. We almost lost the house we were in multiple times. And um, so I remember we, I went back to school and I didn't have to pay. We had that 200 bucks a month. And I was like, finally, we can start saving for a house. And I'm like, I didn't even care about the math because like 200 bucks a month saving for a house. It was like, no way we're ever going to have a dime. You're saving for like <laughs> but, well, 75 years, Joel. Right. <laughs> yeah. And um, at that time, I remember um, a friend of ours, they had sold everything and went to be missionaries in Papua New Guinea. And I just remember I was, I was all excited about this 200 bucks a month. And, I, and God was like, um, give it away. <laughs> and I was like, this is, this is 200 bucks a month. Like, I'm like, what, what's going to happen? And I was like, you know what? They just went to be missionaries. We're going to give that 200 bucks and we're going to support them every single month for 200 bucks a month. We're going to do that. I said, I don't know how God's going to figure out the rest, but I trust he's got to figure it out. And like I said, we had learned that he, he always came through every time we were about to lose the house or lose a car or lose something. He always came through. We were able to, to make it. So we had learned to trust him with our finances. And so we did. So we gave him we gave that 200 bucks away and um, and I look at it back now and I went to school for a full year um, and I, I did end up going for two years and graduated. But after one year, I met a teacher and um, he coached me how to get my first job as a software engineer. Once again, remember, I'm making, you know, maybe I'm up to, I think, 17 bucks an hour by this point. I've been there for like six years. So I'm, I'm making six, you know, whatever. And... Uh, he coached me through how to get my first contract job. And so I had to roll the dice again and go contract. So this was not a full-time job. This was a six month contract to hire role. But he said, he said, if you do, if you follow what I say, I'll help you make 35 bucks an hour. And I said, I'll tell me what to do. I'll I do, will do whatever you, whatever you have me do. <laughs> yep, whatever, whatever <laughs> it is. Cause I'm like, that is like more than I've ever seen in my life. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so, <laughs> So I did, I followed his coaching and I was able to land that first job as a contractor for 35 bucks an hour. And it changed, it changed everything. And, and um, with that, you know, I, I attribute that back and, and, and I'll tell you, there's more to that story where God has continued to just bless us from that standpoint, but we have to continue to remember like it's all his. And so no matter how much we have at the end of the day, it's all his and we're still reliant on him to provide regardless of how much the dollars are. And I'm so glad he taught that. But I, I attribute it back as like, we were able to, because of how he financially blessed us over the next 12 months, we were able to move into a, another house. And I will say there's a couple other stories. And sorry, this is a long story. But you're good. This is it just how God moves through this. Um, we had had a judgment against us on a, on a credit card. And 
at the time, we were fortunate uh, in the way we looked at it. We were fortunate. It was actually under Amanda's name instead of mine. So they couldn't garnish my wages. So, you know, and we were like, we had no way to pay this. We couldn't pay our regular bills, let alone pay this judgment against it. And it was like, I don't know, five or six grand, which was just astronomical to us at the time. At $12 an hour, five or six grand is... Yeah. Yeah, it's a good chunk That's of change. Twenty five percent of my my annual pay, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's a lot. And so ultimately, uh we were we were saving up and uh we had moved banks and so at that time we put our bank, our, all our money together in this one bank account with both our names on it. And that's where we were saving up. So we were finally making money. We were saving for a down payment. I think we had like, we were, we had about 10,000 in the bank and we were up almost up to, you know, or we were working on trying to get a 20%. We had 10,000 in the bank, which was just mind blowing at the time. And I remember my wife calling me in tears because it was all gone and they had garnished all of it. <laughs> and we were about to close on our new house. <laughs> oh, and I just, oh, no. and I just remember, like it was just like we were just heartbroken, just gutted because yeah. we just felt like I'm heartbroken <laughs> listening to you. Like, and it was just one of those where we were like, "What? What are we going to do?" And um, and I remember calling the banker and going, "I I don't know how I don't know how this is going to work." I said, we got to figure something out, but we just lost our down payment because of this garnishment that's been sitting and like racking up for numbers of years and all of that. And I, of course, I called the credit card company, tried to work out the best deal I could, but ultimately they were not giving me my money back. And um, that was that was that was a tough time. And I just remember, you know, it was just a reminder that it's all his. It's not us, you know. And over that time, what happens is our house sold and um our new house we wouldn't be able to move into it right away and so we actually lived with her dad for three months and during that three months we were able to recoup all of that like re we save up all that money and get our down payment ready for when we closed on that house and we were still able to move into that house and i don't know how the math works on that but i can tell you math never works with god like his he just he will always, if you let go, he will give you and bless you so much more than you can imagine. And so um, there's just so many ways that God's worked in our life and blessed us. And, and as long as we continue to put him first and all those things, I will tell you when he says, if you will seek first his kingdom, all these things. Um, anyway, it's awesome. That That is amazing. It's amazing. How long were you saving up for that first down payment? Uh, a while. Yeah, a while. <clears throat> I mean, it was over a year, I think, because, you know, it this all moved. This was all really in the short, short time frame. So, but yeah, about a right, year. And then God was like, let me show you what I can do in three months. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that is amazing. That is amazing. Well, uh, Joel, let's, uh, let's talk about your hobbies. What's, uh, what do you like to do for fun? All of it. All the things. It, 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 everything. <laughs> everything fun is what Joel likes to do. Yes. I I like anything that goes fast, anything that's uh, adrenaline rush, all of that type of stuff. So uh, my my biggest hobby is riding dirt bikes. Um, one of my biggest dreams was having a motocross track at my house, which I will say uh, that was one of the first things I put in when we got our acreage. And I love being able to roll out of the shop and ride my dirt bike on my own track. And <clears throat> when I was a kid, we didn't have a lot of money. I worked on dirt bikes more than rode them, and they were usually whatever kind of motorcycle I could get my hands on. And so 
I was able to buy a brand new dirt bike and it was just like dream come true. Like, and it's been fantastic. Um, so love riding dirt bikes, four wheelers, side by sides, you name it. I, I still fly airplanes. So my dad recently got a stellar deal on this airplane. Like, I mean, it was a steal. Like most people think big dollars for this was not big dollars, but my dad's an aviation mechanic. So he's able to do all the maintenance on it, get all airworthy. Him and I still go flying uh, pretty regularly. So uh, I do a lot of that. I love most sports. Not 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 really a lot of basketball necessarily. I was never any good at that. But um, yeah, any kind of sport. I played football and all, you know, baseball, all of that growing up. Um, in college, I got into racquetball, started playing a lot of that and play a little bit of tennis. I was never very good. A friend of mine got me into golf. I started playing golf. I do more golf now. The company I work at, everybody there golf. So I golf now. Pickleball, love playing that. That's fun. When I was in college, I also got into weightlifting and fitness. And so I started doing a lot of that and kind of been in and out of it. And then, oh man, it was like 2013. A friend of mine did the Des Moines Triathlon, the Heightwells High V Triathlon at the time. So that motivated me. So I got into doing that and I did a number of triathlons. Um, so that got me into more endurance sports and bicycling. And then a friend of mine got me into mountain biking. And I do that now and love doing that still. I don't do triathlons anymore, but uh, maybe someday I'll do another one. And... Uh, I like shooting guns. I don't do any hunting. I, you know, I don't know if you, if you, if you want to do something that sounds fun, I'm going to do it because you know, I, I like having fun. Well, Joe, I am glad that you are able to live off of one job now <laughs> and you're not doing 30 different ones to, because you, you're into everything. <laughs> yeah. You, you love it. You love it all. I, I do. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's incredible yeah so we're we're still my wife still stays home we were able to survive that and now yeah we can afford to do do some fun activities and and share that with the kids and they're getting old enough to be able to do the activities i remember when we first had kids my wife loves kids she's and she is awesome um i i love her to death i would not be anything without her she's and so um, but when the kids were young, she just wanted to be a mom and she just excels at it. She's just fantastic mom for the kids and just things just come naturally to her and just how she approaches that. And I, I just remember going, I don't know anything about kids. And before we had kids, I didn't like kids. And I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. And, uh, I found out, uh, once you have your own kids, it all changes. <laughs> Yeah. And I love my kids to death, but it was still like when they were baby, I'm like, I feel like I'm going to break this thing. You know, like I, I'd never changed a diaper before in my life, but I always told her, I'm like, I, I'm excited for when they're older. I want to do activities with them. That's what I've always looked forward to. And so now that the ages they're at, it's like, it's so much fun to go out and like, go do these activities and, and, you know, go shoot guns with my kids or go drive cars or four wheelers or whatever, and take them flying and, and they're not into sports as much. I mean, we'll get out and hit, like, do some badminton in the driveway or something every once in a while. But uh, um, it's just fun. I, I just love hanging out with my kids and my family. Um, it's it's incredible. That's that's awesome. That you go from hating children <laughs> to now you absolutely love them. I do. I love them to death. <laughs> I don't know where it would be. You know, I don't know. We have so much fun. Awesome. Well, Joel, thank you for sharing with us. We. Uh, it's fun getting to know you. There's there's just so many things that even being your friend that I didn't know about your life and it's it's amazing to be able to have a platform for you to share on. Awesome.